Welcome to the Let's Talk BS podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Sophia. And we're coming to you live from the... 757. Good morning, Brian. Hey, good morning, Sophia. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good today. That's good. It's Friday, right? It's Friday. Yeah. It's crazy. September is over, right? After this weekend. I know. uh, I feel like this month uh, has flown by. I mean, we've officially been ushered into the fall weather. I mean, it's been a very dreary... Um, week, I would say. I mean, every day it just seems like the sun hasn't came out yet at all this whole week. That's true. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like this time of the year, but I just still like to see the sun a little bit, you know, at least when it's yeah. during the middle of the day. Yeah. Know? I was uh, talking to my neighbor yesterday and she, and she was saying that um, she likes winter. Yeah. And really? so I was like, this is as cold as I like for it to get. I don't want it to get any colder than this, for but real? I want the sun to come out. It's not even, I mean, it's like, it's still like 70 every day. It's like 65. Yeah, but in the morning, years. it's more chilly yeah, on the chilly side. True, and Especially with the it sun, reminds me of like high. California weather. Like it, it's chilly in the morning. It gets hot during the day. So you can still, you know, do your thing. And then at night, you can still sit out by the fire pit type of gotcha. situation. Gotcha. That's the, that's my ideal weather. Gotcha. I like it a little bit colder than this. I like yeah. it like, you like. Fit like 55, 60 degrees, probably like another 10 degrees lower than what it is. Now. Oh, yeah, that's, that's like too the, cold. 55, you need a jacket. You need a coat. Yeah, a light jacket. Yeah, you need nah. a light jacket to 55. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. So, like yeah. a little jacket, maybe mm-hmm. hoodie. What they say, hoodie season. Yeah, that's why, listen, I'm in hoodie You got a hoodie season. right now. This is That's why it's perfect season for me. <laughs> I feel like at 55, you almost need a coat. <laughs> you almost need a coat. You teetered that line. You teetered the line. You might not need it during the day, but you definitely need it in the morning. Correct. 100%. So how did y'all do last uh, week during the storm? Um, it was good. I mean, just like how it normally is, I felt like there was a lot of a lot of hype, a lot of like, oh, man, you know, be careful, whatever, whatever. And then, I mean, literally, I know Friday night, it was pretty windy. I heard yeah, the trees kind of, you know, going back and forth and swaying a little bit. But then, like, by Saturday morning around, like, 10 o'clock in the morning, I mean, it was it was sunny outside. Like, it was... Was it? Yeah. Nah, it was, yeah. it was Monday. Sunday, it was... It was sunny. Nah, Saturday, Saturday it got um. The sun came out, but came it still out. was true, like true. It was still, raining it was still, like, and yeah, it was all day. Rainy. Sunday yeah. was when it kind of like that's true. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, it like it was like nothing had nothing ever happened. happened. Yeah, right. Like Saturday was still signs of you know what had happened, but it was still put it so I guess for me I was expecting for it to last longer than what it did. Like I mean yeah. Saturday, by, I mean usually hurricanes don't last that long. They do their damage in a day, and then they out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, it depends on the storm. I mean, sometimes storm lasts. You know, I would say a, you know a day or two. Sometimes it lasts less. So you know. Okay. But um, but yeah. As far as the storm goes, I mean, we just chilled in the house for real. I mean, you know, watched a lot of Netflix TV. We was watching uh, Love Is Blind. It's a show that uh, <laughs> the show that Brooke and I we've kind of been uh watching. My buddy Los put us on to it. Um. She probably was like maybe like a year or two years ago now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been watching that. And so a new season just dropped. Uh, I want to say it was this past weekend. So we kind of got locked into that for a little bit. Um, and then I just watched football, you know, and just kicked it for for real. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. What about you? What about you guys? So on um, Saturday, Friday night, I was like, okay, well, if it's going to be a storm, let me at least go get like bottled water just in case, you know, because yeah, yeah. I got a generator, but. My husband's gone, mm-hmm. or was gone at that time mm-hmm. on the on the ship. So, mm-hmm. 
I was like, shit, I don't know how to hook that generator up, and I'm not going out there to figure it out. Hey, so look, I, don't I, don't even, I don't know how to hook a generator My, up. Yeah, I, I, I was, mean, I probably would have figured out. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, but I would yeah. that would have I would have had to go get gas because you know they take gas. Yeah. So yeah, I would have had to go get gas, and then like you know, the generator can't be too close to the house, and you got to figure out how to do. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing any of that, and I'm yeah. pretty sure I got neighbors that would you know jump help in out. and help yeah. out. Yeah, sure. It's because. It's military people all in my neighborhood, so they understand the dynamic of, you know, yeah, when right. somebody's left alone or right, whatever. Right. But, listen, I was like, let me go get some water at, at minimum. I always got candles. That's not an issue. Yeah. And then um, just like some more perishable food, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to get you through yeah. for the, you know, a couple of days or whatever. And uh, that night, we just watched uh, Elemental all together in my bed. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, that, that, how was that? My my um, I remember when the movie came out. Yeah, I was gonna go see it with the kids because, but I, it also came out right around when Little Mermaid came out too, and so and Spider Man. So I remember we ended up seeing both of those and didn't didn't uh, get back to the movie to see it. How was it? It it's a good movie. Okay. It's a it's a love story. Okay. I mean, you know, all Disney movies are love stories, yeah, so it ain't nothing new. Yeah, yeah. But. And it also talks about like elements, like yeah. at a kid level. That's cool. You know what I mean? That's cool. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. But it was it was cool. Like the kids liked it. Okay. Yeah, they loved it a lot. And then after that, a couple of them fell asleep in the bed. And then once it got really late, I started kicking them out. Okay, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go to your room. <laughs> so, and then on Saturday, um, we pretty much just chilled on Saturday because. It was still kind of misty, rainy, and stuff like that. And yeah. at that point, I had kind of just straightened my hair. So yeah. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going out in the rain. And then on um, Sunday, we actually went to the Norfolk State and um, South Carolina volleyball game at Norfolk State. And so, oh, okay. yeah, it was kind of cool. My high schooler was able to watch the girls play at a college level. And oh, let yeah. me tell you, it was this girl on Norfolk State's team, mm -hmm. number eight. She is so good. She is, okay. Yeah, and she keeps like this straight face. You know how like <laughs> she locked in. <laughs> listen, Folk, you know, you know I'm, when you well, my man when you when you score, I'm focused man. Yeah, when you score <laughs> a, a a point, usually when you're in some t athletic type of sport, yeah, you celebrate. You celebrate. Yeah, yeah, when sure. I tell you this girl straight face, she'll make it and be like, "All right, next." Like, yeah. like it was nothing. Yeah, say, I, <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh. She ain't going to smile. She ain't going to embrace it. She not going to even, like, jump up nothing. It was yeah. nothing. She just was like, okay, it's time for the next play. Yeah, I remember um, in college, my college coach, uh, you know, I played football for, for folks who don't know in college. And my college coach would say, act like you've been here before, right? Because when we would, like, you know, score, do something, make yeah. a nice play, you know, us, you know, guys or just in general, we would celebrate. We was happy, excited. You know, we would try to let it out. Yeah. But our coach was really, like, militant, you know, and he was like, hey, man, yeah. I like you've been here before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, you know yeah. what's funny? So l l watching her play, I've been um, on social media, and there's this football clip. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about, but this it's, it's a clip of this football player. He... He gets, he breaks through, and he's running for a touchdown. He's probably like at the fifteen yard line mm -hmm. from the touchdown, and he starts slowing down. Right before he gets to the touchdown, he drops the ball, so oh, it yeah. never dropped, and his foot never got into the zone, end zone, mm -hmm. in the in the touchdown zone. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was looking like, "What?" And the other team picked the ball up, mm -hmm. 
because mm-hmm. at that point now it's a fumble, mm-hmm. and then runs and scores a touchdown. And so yeah. everybody in the crowd was just like, yeah. you celebrated way too early. Yeah, prematurely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you celebrate too early, man. He didn't even he, – he threw the ball down before he actually got to the touchdown. It was yeah. crazy. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's got to be embarrassing. It's got to be real embarrassing. Like, that's, I can't even imagine man, having to show up to practice the next day or whenever they practice the next yeah. time. And your coach – not only your coach, because usually in football you got – Whatever your specialty is, you got that coach. But then you got an overall head coach. Correct, and correct. I couldn't even I, – I, I would not show up. I ain't going to lie to you. I'd be yeah. like, you know what? I need a day for them to think about that. Yeah, because you got to think about it. That's a wide range of, like, of difference of what's going on. So you're literally scoring a touchdown and you're celebrating. Yep. And then you're going from that jubilant feeling or jubilant feeling, and then, like, now you've technically fumbled – Yep. And, I, you know, they I don't know if they picked it up in that video. I've seen a couple of those videos. Yeah, they picked happened. it up. I don't know if they picked it up and actually scored on the other end. They did. I think so. Oh, okay. So then, like, I'm now pretty sure they from, did. That's a 14-point swing. So you're literally going to score to get six or seven points for your team. And now you never actually Got know, scored. Mm-hmm. And then now the other team picked the ball up and scored. Like, that's a huge, huge swing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's and crazy. And the reason why the other team ended up scoring was because nobody actually paid attention to the fact that he fumbled. Yeah, he didn't you know what I mean? Line. He didn't yeah. pass the line. Yeah. So the other team picked up the ball and started running. Yeah. And then they didn't really, like, catch on, like, because, like, all the players, you know how it go. Like, yeah. people start walking off yeah, and doing yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he was able to just run it all the way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much all I did yeah. all weekend. I didn't really do much. And then, you know. Work stuff. Question, so, though. At the, so, you, I know, obviously, Norfolk State, you know, shout out to Norfolk State. That's one of mm-hmm. our local HBCUs here. Um, you said they played South Carolina State, right? Mm-hmm. So, question, like, I've never been to a collegiate volleyball match before. Mm-hmm. So, I know, like, at the football, the basketball games, they have, like, the, the band and the cheerleaders and stuff like that. So, at volleyball, I know it's a little bit smaller. Um, it's not much, not as much attention towards it. Like, do they have, like, like cheerleaders there or, like, anything? So, like, um, so from, from what I was told... At this particular game, no, they did not have any cheerleaders. Okay. But I guess because of the team that they were playing, mm-hmm. the, the cheerleaders weren't there. Oh, okay. But from my understanding on how I understand how Norfolk State works, I can't say any of the other college people. When they pay, play like a big – like, for example, if they were playing Hampton, yeah. yes, they would. Okay. That's the way I took it. Okay. Is how, is it, how it was explained to me. That's what's up, yeah. But the gym was packed. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was packed. I, mm-hmm. uh, apparently, Norfolk State has this um, this uh, thing where they all support each other. So, like, um, ROTC was there, football players were there, um, and then I guess when, you know, it's time for ROTC to have something special or when the football games go on, everybody goes to their games as well. So, it's, it's like – Something that they have to do. They have to come and support um, your fellow teammates. But yeah. even if it's even if you don't play on the same type of in the same type of sport. Yeah, I remember when I so was, it at, was um, super packed. Like yeah, yeah. I remember when I was at VMI um, playing football there. We had to do the same thing. So on the football team because football was the biggest um, event. Yeah. On, on on campus, and mm-hmm. so anytime we had a game, I mean, everyone went right. Every sport, that yeah, was, you know, pretty that much everybody goes yeah. to football games. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then, like you know, our coach was big on, like you said, supporting the other you know sports. They call them brats. Yeah. You know, supporting the other brats. 
And so we would go to like, you know, football players, we had to go to the basketball games. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to go to the volleyball games yep. and all that stuff as well, baseball and everything. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. That's what's up. That's okay. Cool. I didn't know yeah. they were still doing that. So that's dope. Yeah. 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 So it was funny because, um, oh, they had a DJ. Okay. Kind of like our um our basketball tournament. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. It was a DJ in there. And it was funny because every time, like, you know, they would shank the ball or, you know, do things that, didn't score them a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would like play these like little sounds. Yeah, yeah. Like these like downer sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, you know, during like timeouts and stuff like that, they would play your more modern dance songs. And so you would see like all, all the, not little, but all these big ass football players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. doing all the little TikTok dances yeah, with each yeah. other. That was funny. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it that's was, it was really funny. I, I enjoyed myself. And so did Maya. She was, she was excited. You think she's um, is she like wanting to play um, volleyball on the collegiate level? Like I know it's really she early. Does. She has a while to. Yeah, she to... does, and she's been actually talking about going to HBCU. So okay, yeah, that's fire. Yeah, yeah that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Because at first her 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 goal was Harvard. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she was well, you like, mentioned that to me before. Yeah, 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 and she was just like, I'll do my grad school at at Harvard. And and do that, my undergrad words, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to undergrad, so, HBCU. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. what she says. So okay. we'll see. When that's we get up. there, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, you got, got, a, got a little ways to go. Uh huh. We still got like four years. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> I told her you better get them grades right. <laughs> yeah. Make sure. Well, not get them right. She her grades are pretty good, but yeah. keep them. Yeah, keep them. Yeah. Yeah, keep them right. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, outside of that, I think I started doing my continued education because I got some stuff due. At the end of October. Yeah. Um yeah, me too. due to two. Yep. Yeah. And I mean you you carry more licenses than I do. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta um I think one of my licenses I gotta finish it by October by the end of October. So yeah, I, I started to do some of it as well. So I should be hopefully done here very soon. Um, that's something I wanted to knock out, you know. Normally I procrastinate and wait and do those things at the very, very last second. So I'm trying to be a little bit better, maybe a, a month before they're due versus like the last day. You know, it's progress. <laughs> it's progress. <laughs> yeah, that would stress me the hell out. <laughs> nah, nah, I hear you. I hear you. But um, but yeah, also this past week, um, Monday, I played golf with my dad. That was pretty cool. Um, we went to. You went ain't at, playing about this golf thing. Nah, I'm not. I'm not. It's, it's, I told you, it's like a, it's an, not even like, it's an addiction I got right now. You know? That's crazy. I mean, it's because I'm really competitive. And as I got older, it's like. You're you know, too old to play football, so yeah, you're like, go let, me, yeah, let yeah, me go yeah. find this old person sport. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, golf, golf. I mean, a lot, I mean, golf is just something that it's it doesn't do. Yeah, it doesn't does. <laughs> it doesn't do as much damage to your body as you know some of the other sports that yeah. you know. And also, you can kind of you know, I really need to just want yourself to play too. You know, what I mean, it's always good to have somebody to play with though. It makes makes it a better time, but yeah. you know, it's something that you can go out there and actually play yourself. But but yeah, Monday. Me and my dad went out and um, played at Virginia Beach Nationals, a really, really nice golf course out here, one of the better ones here mm-hmm. locally. And um, we had a good time. We ended up playing with uh, two other guys. So they said that the course, um, Monday was a really, really busy day because of the storm that happened over the weekend. So a lot of folks, you know, play on the weekend. So they were like, hey, a lot of folks, you know, weren't able to play on Saturday. And so they ended up playing on Monday. So um, me and my dad were playing, and they ended up lumping us with this other two uh, two guys. And they were pretty cool, man. One guy was from Louisiana. The other guy was from Alabama. So they was old country bumpkins. And, you know, me, and, you know, me, I was being from Virginia, but originally from North Carolina. My dad is, you know, originally from North Carolina as well. You know, we was able to kind of talk the same language. We were talking about some, you know, different foods and stuff and just kind of just, you know, kicking it or whatever. And one of the guys, they were, 
who was retired. And um, so my dad, he's, you know, getting ready to retire here by the end of this month, coming up in October. So they were kind of talking that same language about what they're looking to do. And my dad, he's picked up the uh, the pickleball uh, as a sport. You know, he uh, goes twice a week, he said. And so you know, they were talking about that. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So golfing, I did that. I've um, never seen pickleball before, y'all. Never. For real? Yeah. I've seen the rackets. I've seen the courts that they play on. You never seen the people actually play on but I've never seen a game of pickleball. Yeah, I've never. I've, I've seen it on YouTube and social media, but I've never actually seen it in person myself. What is, is well, it? Actually, no, I'll take that back. It seems like it's similar to what racquetball or like. Um, yeah, it's 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 ping pong uh, tennis. Yeah, oh, like, so it's kind of a combination, okay. I would say, of ping pong and tennis mm. because it's like you know ping pong. Yeah, it's, it's table tennis. It's on a, a table. Versus, you know, um, pickleball is actually on a tennis court, right? But it, the lines that you play are different from the lines that you play on tennis because it's it's a little bit more concentrated as far as, like, the game. You know, tennis court's a lot bigger, but the lines that you operate But the ball play, is like a ping pong ball? No, no, no. The ball is like a, almost like a wiffle ball. You know how you know what that the, is. You know what wiffle no. ball is? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I don't know. That might be a Midwest yeah. thing that you don't know. Wiffle yeah. ball growing up, we used to always play, you know, baseball. You know, you never played baseball where it's not so when you were young did you play baseball without a real baseball like it's like a plastic ball that have holes in it you know oh oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, that's a wiffle ball oh yeah, yeah. okay yeah so yeah, it's no. kind of very similar to that kind of ball um i but, never played baseball with that but i know what you're talking about. it's hard right it's like plastic mm-hmm. hard yeah, yeah mm-hmm. with the holes yeah 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 okay yeah so it's a ball kind of similar to that but yeah um i can't dad, remember what i played with that ball before but it was something to in gym class they used to use that when we were in elementary school. Gotcha. Yeah, we played. I mean, we just played baseball with it. Like you know, we had the bases, and you know, you underhand pitch it and hit it. You mm. know. But yeah. um, but yeah. So my uh, so my dad's been playing that. He's he's trying to get me to come out there and play. So we'll see. I actually got invited to play tennis um, with a couple of real estate agents this Sunday morning. So we'll see if that comes to fruition or not. They said that they've been playing pretty recently, and I've played tennis for a while. So I'm eager to see kind of where I'm at because I haven't played in a little bit. So, um, but yeah, that was Monday. And then um, I, went, I did a site visit yesterday on one of my uh, projects that I got going. Um, it's coming along very, very well. I'm very pleased with the progress of it. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it should be done by Thanksgiving. So we're about, I would say, a little less than two months out. Okay. Um, when you're putting it on the market? That's a good question. I was thinking about, uh, typically I put my properties on the market around 45 days out from being... Um, completed yeah um just so because i do a lot of new construction so i can allow the person if i get it under contract or they are interested in purchasing the house they can kind of maybe pick out some of the finishes that are within budget yeah. um so like some of the you know flooring and colors of paints and you know things of that nature yeah and so that kind of still leaves that time to, for them to be able to do that um so i'm looking at probably in about two to three weeks you know oh, i would okay. say mid mid to mid to late august not august but october <laughs> um yeah, but yeah, so that that was uh, that was pretty cool. And then also, um, I had this really big deal that I was working on, and um, it, it kind of went south. And uh, not really for my for for me as far as like anything that I did, but it was just kind of the buyer and and not being upfront with a lot of information and everything. And it was a pretty significant purchase; it was over eight hundred thousand dollars. So it was mm-hmm. close to a million dollar home out in Suffolk, and so I was able to. Um, have them work with another loan officer at another another company, and um, they're actually closing today. So oh, okay. I'm excited about that. I was texting the buyer. Uh, he's like, "Hey man, he's like, I know I didn't get to end up 
closing with you, he was like, but I'm going to have you come to the um, the housewarming party, man. He's like, without you, this wouldn't happen. So he was pretty, he was really appreciative. Yeah, you definitely got to show up to that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to definitely go to that one. Yeah. 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 He's, he also, he's Caribbean too, so I know they're going to have some good food. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, it happens, you yeah. know? You got to, you always got to, we, we talked about that last week. You always yeah. got to be upfront and truthful because, correct, correct. you know, I can only help you. If you tell me, I tell my daughter that all the time. Don't don't let me go into anything blind. Yeah. Tell me, yeah. so I can fight for you. I can't fight for you when I'm hearing information for the first time because then now I'm looking at you like, well, why didn't you tell me that? That's right. <laughs> I tell my kids that all the time. I, got, yeah. I can only fight for you when I know everything. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, that's you fact. can't have me looking crazy. That's a fact. <laughs> Did you have anything but, else going on this past week? That was pretty much uh, no, my week's man. end of the month. So, you know, I had a couple of closings this week. Um, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. I had a – did I have a – I feel like I had a closing this week. Yeah, I had a closing. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, so I had a closing. Yeah, I believe I did. I had a closing where I had to save – pretty much save a deal. Yeah, maybe you told me that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so that was pretty much it. Okay. This week. Yeah, this week was kind of light. Yeah. And I was, was. I was, listen, I was happy for it because, you know, when you're doing your continued education and your phone keeps ringing, it's hard to get through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I sure. was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, we always like to um, start you guys off with exercise your knowledge. So today we are going to be asking you a mortgage-related question, and we want you to think on it. Let it sit in the back of your mind, and then later on, we're going to reveal the answer in the segment. So today's exercise your knowledge question is, who typically pays for the service of a realtor, and is there a set cost? If you've been listening to us, if you've been following us, I mean, we've mentioned this multiple times, but we're testing your knowledge. Yeah, we've been kind of talking about it last week. I remember when we were... We touched on it. Yeah, we touched on it a little bit last week, so yeah. Exactly. If you were were locked in and listening, you should uh, know the answer to that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, so topic of the day. Yep, so topic of the day today, uh, we're going to discuss the acronym ARV, right? You know, in our... uh, mortgage and real estate world, man, there's a whole bunch of acronyms. Oh. I mean, there's like, you could literally have a conversation and just have it all with acronyms. Like, yeah. you don't even have to have, like, full no. words. You could say, oh, this and that, the GFE, the LE, yep. you know, the CD, all this and that. I mean, yeah. literally, there's so many different acronyms. Yes. And so one that... Um, the only know. the only loan product that ain't got an acronym is conventional. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Every other every other loan product is yeah. is it has VA, FHA, yeah. USDA. I mean everything. You know all the all the loan ones. You know so yeah so but um but yeah ARV that's that's the one that we're gonna kind of talk on and touch on today. Um, I feel like you know a lot of folks have probably heard the term. Most folks I would think that's in the space would know what it means, but we just want to make sure everyone has a full understanding. So um, ARV stands for after repair value. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. After yep. repair value. So, um, give an example of what an ARV is, right? So, you know, you can have a property that may need some work, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's a little outdated. Maybe you've owned it for, let's say, ten years, um, and so there's going to be a value of that property right now, mm-hmm. right? The current market value of that property in that condition. Because remember, we've talked on this before as well. What determines the value of your home is the uh, sales, the comparable sales that are similar to the home that you have. So, you know, the size as far as the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the square footage, and then also the condition of the home, 
right? So if you have a home that has the same, you know, square footage, bedrooms, bath, but one home is, is newly renovated and one home is outdated, then the home that's newly renovated is going to, you know, have a higher value, right? Correct. You know, because of that, right? There's going to be mm -hmm. more demand or, you know, there's, there's more money that's put into it, you know, recently that's going to allow that value to be just a little bit higher, even if it's Correct. the same size. Um, mm -hmm. So the after repair value, what that is, is the after repair value is saying, okay, hey, once these repairs are completed, this is the value of your home, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you have um, an investor who's looking at uh, a potential opportunity or a potential investment as far as like a flip or a new construction, that ARV is a very, very, very important um, part of evaluating that deal, mm -hmm. right? Um, because the ARV is essentially what, you know, you're going to sell that property for if that's the goal as far as selling it or if you're, like, refinancing out of it, depending on what the situation is. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing what that ARV is and knowing how to calculate it is very, very important. Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned, ARV is very simple. It's, you know, let's say if you're doing an investment and you are buying a home for 200000 and then let's say... You know, you get with a contractor and a contractor says, hey, it's going to cost you about $50,000 to fix this home up, right, mm -hmm. to kind of make it up to modern standard, you know, up to, you know, what somebody would want as far as purchasing and living in the home. Um, you're going to want to know, okay, hey, after these repairs are done, what can I realistically sell the home for? And what you can sell it for is what the value is, right, that ARV, right? Mm -hmm. So what you do is you look at the Comparables. Comparable sales mm -hmm. that are in um, that area within about a mile, typically, mm -hmm. is uh, what it is, depending on, you know, the area. If it's like a rural area, sometimes it lets you stretch it out a little bit further. Um, but, you know, like here in the, you know, Hampton Roads area or just, in, you know, major cities, I mean, typically there's enough comparable sales within a mile, yeah. you know, of that, uh, that home, that subject property. So um, once you look at that, um, you know, then you're able to see, okay, hey, this is how much the home is going to be worth mm -hmm. after those repairs are done. So you'll actually know. And you want to look at, you want to look at time frame too. Correct. You want to make sure that not only are you looking um, within the mile, but you also want to look within the last six months or a year. Correct. Yeah. Because a home that sold two years ago may not have the same value as a home that sold within the last six months. Correct. So that's that's important as well. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, you got to you got to be tapped in because I would say the last couple of years, the market has been very, very choppy. Right. Mm -hmm. And they call it very, very volatile. Yeah. Right. And it so, I mean, you can like I would say normally normal common knowledge is a year. Right. Yeah. But houses that sold a year ago, the market is totally different from what it was a year ago. Correct. So I would even say. Like right now, I mean, you really want to look at the last six months, like of to course. be honest with you, yeah. because that's kind of more of a truer indication of what's going on. That's correct. Because um, I got a, I'll give an example. I got a buddy of mine who I've actually done some deals with before as far mm -hmm. as like investing. Um, yep. He's a class A builder. And so, um, you know, he had a property that he listed for sale. Uh, this was probably like two months ago. And when he, he bought it, he bought the piece of land built a brand new house on it, and he looked at the comparable sales, and the comparable sales were right around about four ninety five, five hundred thousand. but those were for houses that were right around 2,400 square feet, right? Mm -hmm. And he, the house that he built was 2,700 square feet. So mm -hmm. he knew, you know, in his mind, kind of looking at the data, that he should be able to sell his house for a little bit more than those houses that are very similar, but just a little bit smaller, right? right? So he had listed his house at five hundred and twenty-five thousand, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of based on the you know square footage, that that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, but we're in a shifting market, and the market has shifted tremendously. Mm -hmm. That 
the type of because of where interest rates are right now, the type of buyer who's going to buy a house at five twenty five is totally different from a buyer who's going to buy a house maybe in the upper four hundred thousand. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And so the type of buyer that was going to buy his house was actually more of a buyer who was going to buy a house within the four seventy five to four ninety price point. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though that's not a huge difference between let's say four seventy five and five twenty five. The type of buyer who's going to buy that house in this market, it's a big difference. Correct. And so, you know, we were having a conversation. We were talking and he was like, hey, man, I'm having, you know, difficulty selling this property. It's in a good location. Like, I'm it's a nice house. I'm getting a lot of good feedback. But nobody's really like, you know, I'm not understanding why it's not moving. And so he did a price reduction down to 515. And then he had some 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 activity on it, but nobody wanted to offer, you know, on the home. Yeah. And so I was having a conversation with him and I was like, hey, man. You know, and he didn't understand this at first, but when we had a conversation, it really made sense to him. I was like, hey, the market that we're in, man, the type of buyer who's going to buy that house, they're they're not a 500 plus buyer, man. I was like, I think you need to drop that price down to maybe around like 485. And I think that you'll get a, I think you'll end up getting it on a contract. And my man literally put the house on, a, um, dropped it down immediately, which was a big, a, a big reduction. Right. I mean, you're talking about another thirty thousand dollars in reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally he did that the next day he got on a contract. Yeah. You know, and then that's just like I said, it's one of those things where, you know, you just it's the market is ever shifting. So just being understanding and we kind of see that, like I always say, on the front end, because we're the ones that's pre-approving buyers. So we kind of understand what type of buyers are and what they're willing to do. Right. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, because now it. buyers are looking at the payment. Correct. Ultimately. Yeah. So, yep. you know, when you look at that five hundred thousand dollar buyer, most of the time. That's not really someone who is in need to buy. They're Correct. just buying because either they're looking to upgrade or maybe they're moving to the new to the area, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They, they probably are experienced mm-hmm. buyers. I don't get mm-hmm. too many first-time home buyers that's buying a half-million-dollar house. That's correct. Yeah. Do you? No, yeah. Not no. many, no. So they're more experienced. And so what that what that does is is that they're looking at the payment. Yeah. They're looking at, okay, if I buy this house at $500,550, what's my payment going to be? Correct. And so if that payment is outside of their budget, then a person who is – used to purchasing homes, they're not going to be what you call house poor. Correct. Where you're, you know, spending all of your money on your mortgage payment. Correct. They're going to really, like, dig a little bit deeper and figure out, like, how, how can they make their budget work with the with the type of house. And so Correct. what they'll do is is they will themselves say, okay, well, I'm going to buy at this 400 and something thousand dollar price range. Yeah. Because that's what makes sense because they're experienced homeowners. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. So I can understand why, you know, that person was had to reduce yeah. their purchase price. That yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um the houses that sold in that area a year ago when rates were what, four, five percent mm-hmm. compared to now, rates mm-hmm. are like seven, you know, we almost in eight yeah, percent. Almost. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Depending on the product, yeah, yes, yeah. we are there. Yeah. It's a huge difference in your payment, so Correct. you just have to be um, aware of the type of people that you're attracting to the house. Correct, and I yes. think about that a lot. See, me as an investor, um, you know, I was always taught a rule of thumb, like when I'm evaluating a deal, because mm-hmm. um, I'm always thinking about how I'm going to exit the deal, right? So mm-hmm. I'm always going to think about, am I going to, you know, for this particular situation, am I going to buy this property to try to sell it, mm-hmm. or am I going to buy this property to try to keep it mm-hmm. and put a renter in there, right? Yep. And so... You know, for example, that like as I mentioned when we were explaining what the ARV is, how the ARV really plays a factor in as an investor is that, you know, a lot of times when we're doing 
these projects, there's things that come up that's unaccounted for that we just don't know, right? And um, also there's a, you know, there's a cost for your time and your effort that you're putting into a situation, right? So typically as an investor, there's maybe a certain amount of money that you want to make every time that you actually, you know, put your funds out there, put your time and your efforts and energy into a, mm -hmm. um, an investment. So a lot of times what we'll do is when we look at uh, an uh, investment opportunities I mentioned to you as far as like the acquisition price, mm -hmm. then adding in what the renovation costs are going to be, and then looking at that ARV, you know, we want to make sure that that acquisition cost and also those uh, construction costs are no more than about 70% of the ARV, right? Mm -hmm. And the true ARV, right? Not what you hope to sell it for, or not like, hey, you see four or five comps to say one thing, but you see this one outlier comp up here, so you're going to base everything off this outlier comp. You got to be real with yourself. And I, a, lot of, a lot of investors that I know that are kind of new to investing, they'll look at the ARV, they'll kind of try to mm -hmm. find or try to make make the ARV something that is really not, mm -hmm. right? They'll try to look at it like, hey, even though these comps are speaking this one, you know, I see three comps that say this, but this one or these two over here say this, like, so I'm going to you know, base everything off of that, and then they get disappointed when they try to put their house on the market that actually sells for much less than, you know, mm -hmm. what that what they initially thought the ARV is. So just, you know, kind of really being, you know, I would say objective about it, not really like, you know, trying to say, hey, I'm trying to sell it for the max or whatever. You're kind of going to be somewhere in that middle range of what right. those comparable sales are, at least base everything off of that. And then if you sell it for more, I mean, that's just icing on the cake. That's yeah. a win. You know, I mean, if you sell it for a little bit less, if you did all the the you know um, you know the work up front I would say or just all the due diligence up front there's enough room for you to still make a, a sizable amount of money if you base everything off kind of that seventy percent philosophy yeah so, exactly yeah. and then in some cases if you use hard money lenders they want the ARV to be I mean they want the maximum purchase price for the ARV to be about sixty five percent correct correct so yeah. you just have yep. to make sure that you account for you know any potential losses anything that what, what unexpected yeah um, unexpected just unexpected we call them yeah. Yeah, we call them change orders yeah, yeah anything that comes up especially yeah. when you're dealing with new construction I mean, not you'll have so them too. much. You, you might have, have issues with material costs or even plumbing like that's yeah. something that I'm dealing with now like a sewer like yeah. things that you really don't know until you're kind of like actually actively trying to get a building permit but all kinda... of it is kind of like an unknown type of Correct. situation Correct. but in new construction it's just a different type of unknown. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah, but and I found it a lot easier with new construction than um than rehabs or flips, like you said, because of your, you're pretty much dealing with the same things over and over again, give or take a few variables. Um, when you're dealing with the rehab, I mean, there's stuff behind walls. There's things that you just under the, under the house. I mean, there's things that you just don't know until you actually open it up mm -hmm. and rip it open. So and yeah. a lot of times you can't open up those houses and rip them open until you've actually purchased it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you kind of have to. And it's only so much that a home inspector can can see. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. So, Correct. Because I had um, my um, duplex, I had one side renovated before I um, put it back out there for a renter to get in there. And one of the things that I did was as I rented, I um uh, gutted the bathroom mm -hmm. and behind like the sh shower tub area where the tile was mm -hmm. there was like a whole lot of cement mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that was one of the things that took a long time because the contractor had to basically like old school take a sledge and like mm -hmm. hammer it out mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I mean and mm -hmm. that takes time you obviously yeah. you know there's no other way to get cement out Correct. than to break it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so that was something that was unexpected, you know. No who who knew? Who thought? Who would who would think that there would be like
Yeah, this big cement wall or cement. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you know, I, just yeah, there, yeah, you know. So yeah. I'm glad that um, now it's taken care of. And yeah. I ended up putting in um, one of those, like, fitted tubs so I don't have oh, to yeah. worry about, like, grout and all those other concerns. But it's you can definitely have unexpected things or unexpected costs that come up, and you always just want to make sure you account for that. Yeah. But we definitely wanted to talk about ARV because now we're in this market where interest rates are high and so maybe purchasing a house that needs some type of rehab may be the move for you. Yeah. So if you buy a house, you know, at a hundred to hundred fifty thousand and you know you do the renovations and your value comes out to be about two seventy, I mean you're winning. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So just making sure that when you do or if you decide to purchase something that it needs work that you understand, you know, how to calculate that value. Cause you never want to overspend for a property and then later you can't sell it and make at least make back what you put into the home. Yeah. And that's just a way to kind of combat yeah. the like you said, the rate environment that we're in, right? You know, typically when you're buying a house, you're buying it at its market value, right? So you're buying it at the top of the market of where it could be sold for at that particular time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times people, when you, when you buy a house, you want to buy a house that's moving ready, you know, it's yeah. less stress, less... It is less know, stress. Just, just less things that you have to, to, to account for when it comes to buying a house, right? Um, but there's ways to, as far as combating the interest rates where we are and the price and the monthly payments, if you buy a house that needs a little bit of work and fix it up, right, then you can get... You know, a house that if you would have bought it brand, you know, not brand new, but bought it at, you know, when it was already fixed up at, you know, 250000 like Sophia mentioned, you know, you could buy a house at 150000 put $40,000 into it, and your loan now is based off of, you know, one ninety two hundred thousand versus your value buying, was higher. Yeah, but your value is very is the exact same as if you would have bought that home with it already fixed up at mm-hmm. two fifty, right? And so your payment is going to be based off of what you owe on the home, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a way to, you know, kind of circumvent, you know, the higher rate environment that way. And those are some of the conversations we were having with some of our like first time home buyers, you know, yeah, um, just kind of being able to look at things in that way to be able to still purchase your home and have you know, have that uh, equity start for you, but just kind of maybe go about it in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. And, I mean, to play the game, you also have to have money. Yeah. So let's let's not forget that portion of it (laughs) because I know that um, there's a lot of first-time home buyers that listen to the podcast, and this may or may not apply to you, unfortunately, because I do find that a lot of my first-time home buyers, you know, we're we're struggling with even closing costs, you know what I mean? So. If you are looking to invest into yourself, you have to expect that in this particular situation that you're going to be making a down payment. Yeah. Even if you're a first-time home buyer, yep. you're going to be making a down payment. It may not be a big down payment. It may not be 20%. Yeah. But you're going to put down at least 3.5%. But yep. in return, I mean, you're potentially walking into equity. Yeah. No, you so, will. If, you, if yeah. you do a two or 3K loan, yeah. I mean, you're in most cases, unless, most you're, cases, unless you're buying the yeah. house, you know, pretty pretty close to like i mean or overpaying i would say for the house correct because you're going to get sweat equity when it comes to the rehab on it. i mean that's just what it is yeah so you just got to make sure that you acquire that house for you know you know an amount because if there's work that needs to be done to the house then you should be able to get it you know at a discount exactly so yeah yeah i mean that's something that's huge man and um i also want to touch on kind of switching gears a little bit 
Um, the question kind of, we you know, mentioned rates, and rates is kind of like a hot topic, um, you know, because where they are and, you know, and where they've been. Um, you know, everyone keeps asking me, like, hey, man, when is rates going to get lower? <laughs> hey, when is rates going to I actually had a conversation last night. I got this guy who's PCS and from, um, I think he's in, uh, he's in Cali. I think he's in either San Diego or somewhere in Cali. But um, him and his wife are coming here. And so we were looking at, um, he was actually looking at a house to put an offering on last night. And then we were having that exact same conversation. We were talking about like where interest rates are and what the monthly payment would be. And he was like, hey, he's like, dang, man. He's like, that's close to what I'm paying up here in Cali. You know, as far as what is, <clears throat> excuse me, as far as, because uh, he's staying, his BAH, I think, is a certain amount. And once we were looking at everything, I mean, it wasn't exact, but it was, he was thinking because he's coming from California, it would be so much less here. And it is a lot less what he's going to pay but it's actually closer because of where rates are right now you know what i'm saying so yeah. we were having that conversation he was like dang man you know he's, i was thinking i was gonna like you know oh, his bah know. gonna be less yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. guy, that i can guarantee yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah we were, we were and then plus he's the in his situation his wife doesn't work so you know it's kind of yeah. all on you know his income and so we were just kind of having that conversation and talking about you know hey what you know potentially refinancing later, you know, once rates get lower and like when that would be and what I look, you know, what I, yeah. you know, what I think it would look like or whatever. And so, you know, a lot of times what we see is like, you know, we have a presidential election getting ready to come up. We do. Um, and I really believe that it's going to, I think rates, for, if it doesn't happen before then, before the actual election itself, mm -hmm. I do think shortly after the election, we're going to start seeing a considerable change in interest rates for the better. Mm -hmm. um, typically, that's how it happens if you look at it historically. Um, you know, especially, you know, we've had a Democrat in office for the last four years. Um, a lot of people um, haven't been happy with where things are economically with what's been going on over the last mm -hmm. couple of years. And so a lot of people think that there'll be a Republican, you know, to, to get office, you know, come 2024. So, um, you know, Republicans are known for you know, really focusing on economics and, and the economy and where we are and trying to better things. And so um, I do feel like that's probably what's going to happen. And so I think you'll start seeing a change around that time. You know, mm -hmm. so I was having those conversations like, hey, you know, I'm just saying if you can, if you're able to afford, if you can't afford this, let's look at something lower, even though I'm pre-approving you for this amount. If you can't afford this, you know, within your budget, let's look at something lower. But mm -hmm. if you can afford it and this is the house you absolutely want, you know, if you could hold off for like a year, year and a half, maybe, you know, I think around that time we'll be looking at a better situation where you can just refinance and then, hey, you've already secured your home. You've already been used to be paying at a certain amount. So once we refinance, your payment's lower. And then now you can save, you know, a significant amount of money and you still have that home that you really, really want. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about refinance and we've been talking about, um, the potential to refinance for what a, a year and a half now. Yeah, it's been a while, and there has been so many different predictions that are out there as to when this is going to happen. And unfortunately, this is we are in a space of the unknown. We didn't expect for a pandemic to come. We didn't expect for rates to get as low as one percent. We didn't expect for the government to give um, uh, stimulus checks to everybody and you know pay all these different cost and give so much money into the community and give business um, owners these different grants and loans. And so now you got to expect the, the unexpected still, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, unfortunately you do. And, and right now we do want rates to come down. We hope that 
when the republic if the republicans get back in office <laughs> that the rates will come back down but we we just don't know Correct. you know we don't know what that looks like and i've and this is just my personal opinion i feel like you know the government gave so much money during the pandemic that they collecting right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah. the people, working people are paying that money back. We're in a deficit where the government's about to shut down due to, yeah. you know, not being able to budget correctly. Correct, correct, <laughs> correct, yeah. So they have to figure out a way to make some of that money back. And the way to do that is what? Raise the interest rates. Yeah. Increase also, the cost. Yeah, increase the cost. Make people pay yeah. more for goods and services. Yep. And who who benefits from that? Yeah. Not not us, not yeah. you and I. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's just my take on it until we kind of get back to where we were pre-pandemic. I mean, I think rates are going to pretty much stay, you know, where they are. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong, but Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, I do agree. I do agree with you on that for sure. <laughs> Now, I don't know. I I was on a pl- I was um traveling like last month. What was it in August? And I sat next to a guy. He was an older white guy, and he was really really nice. Um, but he asked me if I was a Democratic or a, re- a Republican. It was hilarious. I had never, like, I've had people ask me that before, and not not to the extent of like not knowing me. At all. And that's like pretty bold for a man to ask you that. A lot of times I know that's taboo a lot. I mean, I know obviously we're in the social media, you know, era, but I remember growing up, that was like one of the things my mama and my dad said. You couldn't like, even talk about talk that about, at don't work. Don't talk I about remember, your religion. Yep. Don't talk about politics. Your, you know, your, your politic, <laughs> politics views. But now social media, you got people just throwing it all on social media. So you know exactly what people yeah. believe, how they view things or whatnot. So I'm surprised. I guess I can't even say I'm surprised because, I mean... You're you not know, surprised, yeah. but you're surprised, yeah, right? Exactly. Because I was surprised, but yeah. I wasn't surprised, yeah, too. It was sure. kind of like, well, how did we get here? Like, yeah. what, <laughs> what did I say that sparked you to ask me that question? Like, yeah. it was kind of odd. But all in all, I mean, he still was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, His take on things was just, you know, old. Yeah, old school. <laughs> old school. You yeah. could tell he was definitely old school. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. man's was talking about how he paid cash for a for a Corvette or some some type of car that he wanted, and I just was like, "Yeah, the typical American can't do that." Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> let's just start there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> I hope that you guys learned a lot when it comes to the ARV. If you have more questions, you definitely can reach out to us personally. But yeah. This is something that investors typically use to gauge the worth of a property. So I think that if you are an investor or if you're looking at becoming an investor, at least you could start by um, using Google. <laughs> or YouTube. <laughs> to, or YouTube yeah. to kind of find out, you know, what that calculation looks like, how to break it down. If you have any other questions, you could reach out to us as well. Absolutely. So earlier in the segment, we asked you guys a mortgage-related question, and we wanted you guys to think about it. We talked about this previously last week, and we've actually discussed this in the past. But today's exercise your knowledge question was, who typically pays for the service of a realtor, and is there a set cost? Drum roll. Drum roll. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got the answer. You want to do the answer on that one? Sure. Okay. 
So typically, the person who pays for the cost of a real estate agent is the seller. Yep. That is the typical person who does it. Are they required to? No. A buyer can pay for their own cost of their real estate agent. But typically, it's the seller. The seller's going to pay for both the listing agent and the buyer's agent. Depending on what part of the United States you live in, that cost may be different. Here in Hampton Roads, the typical split is 3% for each agent. But you may find that if you live in California, because the houses there cost a lot more than here, their commissions are maybe like one and a half to two or three percent. So these costs can be negotiated. There's nothing set in stone. Um, You can speak to your real estate agent to negotiate, you know, the cost that you pay them. You, if you want to, can even list your house yourself. We don't recommend that, but everything is a choice. The only thing that you cannot do is... um, negotiate cost of the lending side (laughs) you could shop but you really can't negotiate (laughs) i've had people like try to treat me like a car salesman you know like they're like uh so what can you do for me (laughs) like nothing (laughs) (laughs) the price is the price (laughs) exactly exactly set it and forget it exactly I, i was thinking though when you said just now um as far as like even them trying to, you know, a seller trying to sell the house themselves, you know, speaking on those acronyms we talked about earlier, like FISBO, for sale by owner, you mm-hmm. know, just kind of thinking about that. But yeah, they, yeah. um, it's crazy. Like I even, there's, this it's the normal, like you said here is 3% for both sides, right? Mm-hmm. So normally you have, you know, the, the listing agent will have a, a meeting with the seller and kind of go over what the expectations are as far as cost. And I've, yep. I've seen most listing agents kind of say, hey, a seller, you're going to probably pay anywhere between about 9 to 10%, right? Yep. You're going to pay 3% for your um, for, for them to list your house, mm-hmm. right? 3% for the buyer's agent who brings the buyer to your house. An additional 3% in some cases as far as paying for closing costs for yourself and then also for the buyer. Mm-hmm. And then that 1% as well just for any type of like repairs or anything that can come up as well. Correct. So that's kind of normally the norms. So like that 9 to 10% is kind of what the seller typically needs to be prepared for when it comes to you know, selling their house. But it's even crazier is that you have listing agents out here, even though 3% on the both sides is the norm, you have an agent who's trying to get a listing from a seller. Mm-hmm. They'll say, hey, look, I'll go ahead and put your house out here on the market. And what I'll do is I'll charge you uh, 3% for me to sell it, right? And then I'll put out there that whoever brings the buyer to your house only going to get 2%. Mm-hmm. So that means that Instead of being 6% between both agents, it's 5%, and that's just more money in your pocket. And that's a selling tactic, which really, man, if you think about it, is not really fair. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, I, I don't think that that's really good business, but you do have a, some agents out here who do actually do that. Um, and like you said, there's no set amount, really, but it is kind of just like a good practice to, you know, for it to be even, you know, yeah. when it comes to however it is. Or even if there's a situation where there's not enough equity for you to sell the house for both of the agents to get 3%, you know, if if you're going to reduce the buyer's agent that's bringing the buyer to the house because they're important, just like you are important to sell the house, then it should be even, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of like, hey, you get 3% or I get 3%, you get 2%, then reducing both down to 2.5%, right? It still equals that 5%. And everyone, you know, is on the same wavelength when it comes to the cost and how much they're making off of that situation. So 
um, yeah, it's just something that I've seen that I just felt I wanted to mention to you that that is like a little thing that folks are doing to try to secure listings. And, um, you know, I don't think it's really right. Just want to put it out there. No, it's not right. You know, that's that's one thing about real estate. There's always a gray area. Yeah. And people like to people like to um, walk that fine line. Yeah. Until they get caught. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I think that as more things come to light, obviously, you know, we live in a world where when things happen, then rules are set. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so once uh, they get caught and and there's a new uh, law against what they're doing, then that'll that'll bring change. Absolutely. Because social media spreads everything so quickly that if I pick up on something that could potentially make me money and it's, you know, the wrong way of doing things. And then now a thousand or 2000 people are doing that thing. It's going to come to light pretty fast. You know what I mean? As opposed to kind of keeping it quiet and doing it your own way. So, yeah. Yep. (laughs) So the answer to the question is the sellers typically pay. And no, there is no set cost for a real estate agent. Maybe if there was, then people couldn't, you know, yeah. I think that. Um, I think everybody's situation is very unique, you know, as far as. Oh, there as, should be like a max. What you think? Yeah. I think there should be like a people max. People are going to manipulate that too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I feel like sometimes they don't make rules because they know people are just going to, you know, coerce it to, you know, yeah. so it's just like, why even, why even have that? You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. So what's coming up for you? Um, let me see what we got. Oh, today my kids are out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, they had like a, uh, I guess they, it's like a, a teacher retreat. They said so. Um, okay, you know, teacher yeah. retreat. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, they had a teacher retreat, so they didn't have school today. So uh-huh. we're actually checking out the new Paw Patrol movie. Uh, my kids oh, that love Paw Patrol. Even last year for Halloween, my daughter dressed up as Sky, and my son dressed up as Chase. Okay. I'm pretty sure most parents out there who have kids maybe in the range of like two to like eight. Probably have heard of the show Paw Patrol at one point or another. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're they're really excited. The movie came out or comes out today. Um, came out last night. Or probably. last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you know they're excited to see that. So we're gonna go check that out around lunchtime. So okay. Definitely looking forward to that. And then um, this I week, I love the movie. What movie theater y'all going to? Uh, we always go to Cinema Cafe. I think we talked about that Cinema Cafe on. Um, In uh, Edinburgh. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah, yes, yeah. man. Listen, those, those chicken strips there. Mm. Yeah, they, that's Fire. what I had last time. Yeah, I typically get the nachos when I go there. Oh, I like nachos too. Um, but I think last last time because we seen um the Ninja Turtle movie that came out, which actually they got really a platter, really don't they? They have like this thing where it's like four or yeah, five different yeah. things on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that sometimes because one of my kids like mozzarella sticks. I hate those. Mm-hmm. And then one of them like the pretzel bites. Don't mm-hmm. like those. Mm-hmm. But then you can get the nachos and, and it's chicken a chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah yep. that's, that's right. So yeah, we've so. had that before. I mean, I think last time I got the chicken tenders and they were really, really good too. Um, but this time yeah. I think I'm, I'm probably feel, I'm feeling a little nacho-y. So <laughs> nacho-y. nacho-y. <laughs> yeah. You want to yeah. know what's funny? Fun fact about me. When I go to the movie theater, I never order popcorn. Mm. Never. Interesting. Never. So, so for me, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I like popcorn, but I'm yeah. not like, I'm not a person that likes it like that. But my kids love it, and Brooke likes it. So mm-hmm. I mean, we every time we go, we get popcorn, and yeah. it just kind of gets passed around. And you know, normally Brooke and the kids, they're no the ones that hold it and have it for the longest. I normally kind of just get a little bit, 
you know, just to kind of, you know, have yeah, some or whatever. But yeah. I'm not a huge, huge popcorn. Actually, it's funny. I've seen a... um. My son loves it. I love popcorn. I've yeah, seen, he's uh, like, can we get popcorn? And, you know, they got, like, the little kitty thing that yeah. comes with the fruit snack. Yep, yep. And mm-hmm. he, he's a fruit snack kid, so he's like, can I get the popcorn with the fruit snack? <laughs> i seen... Um, this was when was it? This was uh, it was on Instagram, man. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple, maybe a week or so ago, not even that long ago. I seen they were showing like you know how they call them hacks, where you can like I guess do things to try to like really um, maximize the situation. Like I've seen like Chick Fil A hacks where you can like you know instead of buying a Chick Fil A sandwich, you can buy like the chicken tenders and then ask for like three pieces of of buns and then you end up getting three chicken sandwiches versus like one and stuff like it's just di- di- different hacks oh. you can do or whatever right I, listen and send so, me those because i look yeah, yeah. i mean you can probably look on instagram they say they're like hacks brooks she's into that she's there's even like starbucks hacks where you can order like a now i have seen that where yeah. you get if you get a tall with yeah, no ice yeah. and then you and then pour, pour it into yeah. a large yeah. that yeah. it's technically the same amount of fluid correct yeah, I've Correct. seen that, yeah. so but I've was, never seen anything about Chick-fil-A. Cause, but yeah. my kids love Chick-fil-A, so yeah, I'm like, wanna, I need that in. hack. Yeah, you might <laughs> want to look at YouTube. I think it's on YouTube or Instagram or something. Okay. I don't know how you find it, but it just came across my timeline. But anyway, I seen a person who had a hack where they uh, – I don't even really consider this a hack for real, but it was just kind of funny where they had popcorn, and they took their they took the straw, and it wasn't the same straw they were drinking the soda from, but they just took – you know how you can get your straws at your own leisure. They took a straw, and they, they hooked it up to like the um the butter machine and so they put butter because they were like they would always they were saying like you know butter never gets down to the bottom so when you get down to the bottom of the popcorn it doesn't have butter on it so what they did was they put butter like your normal thing where you hit the you know push the butter thing or whatever and it has the butter the liquid butter that comes out so it was on the top of the popcorn then they stuck like a straw and put it on the same butter machine and then they were doing it and so the butter went through the straw and got on the bottom of the popcorn as well so, Dang. Yeah, so that was like a little, they were like, that's a hack of being able Listen, to try to get butter. So I you have a buttery experience popcorn. the whole time. <laughs> I haven't gotten, so, so okay, let me get this right. Because I've only been to, like, in the last, like, since I lived here, I have not gone to a regular movie theater. Well, actually, no, I think I went to MacArthur, their movie theater, mm-hmm. um, once. For my daughter wanted to go see, I think it was, I think it was a Marvel movie. She had a a friend date with her with her homegirl, and then me and the mom went too. We mm. sat next to each other, and then they sat somewhere else in the theater. Okay. But me and my me and my daughter, we ate in the food court beforehand. So mm. I told you I don't really get popcorn. So when we got to movie theater, I think I ordered got some candy, mm. and then we walked in. So seeing the whole butter thing, is it still like the same where you go and like? They got like mm-hmm. the butter and you, mm-hmm. that's crazy. You would think that like, it would be different now. Yeah. <laughs> like the way things are yeah. nowadays, it's still that. And then when we yeah. go to like Cinema Cafe, that's usually where I go, mm-hmm. they bring it to you. So mm-hmm. you don't even put yeah. your own butter on there for real. But I didn't know that they still did it the old school way. That's yeah. crazy. I remember back in the day when I was in high school, they had the different like, seasoning like mm-hmm. back then you had the cheddar seasoning and you mm-hmm. know all the different ones and then you had your your butter and stuff so mm-hmm. oh my gosh well, mm-hmm. that's how much i don't eat popcorn y'all not in the theater like at home maybe once a year yes. <laughs> i might have me some popcorn but i'm not a popcorn person yeah no, i got it i got yeah. you i got you but well, that sounds fun yeah i'm gonna have to look into that and see um i don't know we we I know this weekend, my um, really good girlfriend, her uh, 
her husband is having a surprise birthday party up in um, Richmond. Okay. And so we're going up there for that particular uh, surprise party. So that we'll be doing that on Saturday. And then we're, I'm coming right back. I'm not going to stay up there in Richmond. And then um, Sunday we may check out another volleyball, college vo- volleyball game. But outside of that, I don't know. We might, I might have to look into some tickets for Paw, Paw Patrol. I'm pretty sure Carter and um, and Jada would love that. So, I guess, question, Volley, I know you said the game you went to last week was on Sunday. Is that, like, typically where they pl- the days they play, I guess, what you're seeing, or on Sundays? I, um, I didn't know they had, like, sports on, like, you know, like, for college anyway on Sundays. I always thought, like, that was, like, Yeah, I, listen, I'm just, last week, my first week. So, okay. we... We uh, that's what I know that's so know. far. Okay. I, I don't know the past. I don't know the future. But I know that uh, last week it was on Sunday, and I think they're playing this Sunday. But I no. I feel like they've had during because I remember I was supposed to be going to the um, Battle of the Bay, and um, Norfolk was supposed to play Hampton. I think it was like on a Monday night. So I don't think that yeah, it's I was just set days. Yeah, I, I was just I, I, I didn't really recall. Um, yeah, the I sports never yeah. being played on college sports anyway, playing on Sunday. That's well, all. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it Monday through Saturday, all throughout the week, or whatever. But Sundays normally I've seen a, like I guess like a day, you know, I just stay yeah. off or whatever. Last last year, I mean, last week we yeah, it was on a Sunday that cool. we went. So yeah, yeah. Cool. maybe it's something new. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> well, you know, we got we always like to leave you guys with on a positive note, um, and so I'll, you want to do the honors of the quarter today? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So. Okay. Like Sophia just said, we always try to leave you with some positivity, some good words, um, just to kind of carry on for your day. Um, so the quote of the day today is, do not be a product of your circumstance, be a product of your decisions. Yep. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, making decisions, making wise decisions, always thinking about how your decisions affect you now and also long term. And make sure that you make those wise decisions, you know, so you can have a promising future. Mm-hmm. And not, life is uh, always about decisions. This, yeah. It's not about, you know, what, what what opportunity you had in your past. It's about the decisions that you make moving forward. Yeah, and then just honestly, you know, sometimes you're, everybody has different circumstances that they're grown in, that they're currently in. But you can always, um, if you make the, you know, smart decisions, sound decisions, you know, based on your goals and your beliefs, you can always be a product of those decisions and reach those goals and not, you know, fall victim to just your circumstance. So That is correct. Yeah. All right, guys. So you can follow me on um, IG and Facebook. My social media is SK Morg- SKB, Morg- SKB underscore mortgage. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't get through that. Yeah. <laughs> SKB underscore mortgage. <laughs> Yeah, but mine is uh, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N underscore Royster, R-O-Y-S-T-E-R. Well, that's it for today, guys. Thank you for our listening to our podcast, and we will see you next week. See you next week.